0: Calls us outlaws, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Middle Aged Outlaws Podcast. I'm Ross and I am with adam as always and this is episode twelve Adam how's it going? yeah good thanks how are you i'm all right thanks i am um, i'm normally quite organized before we start and um don't get me wrong i'm not 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 organized but um we were d- we've been having a bit of a a a bosch um Box set fest recently, so I've just run upstairs from quite a <laughs> quite quite a um, important episode of Bosch there, and I'm am a bit on edge. So, okay, if I sound like I'm on edge, that's why. That's I, I can't give any spoilers because I've never seen it. So. Oh, you're missing out. Oh, good. It's good. Okay. Never seen it at all. I recommend it mm. if you're looking for a good. That's um, good. Cause it- I think through the last year I feel like I've watched almost everything so yeah
1: that, that's good it's good to know
0: there's six seasons I think so ah, keep good. you busy for a couple of weeks knowing you yeah definitely yeah. so um after the scarring of a uh, WrestleMania 37 and um all that went with that we, we went back to the movies last week which was fun yep. um and, and since then we've decided to revert to childhood and go even further back in time. We're going back to 1998 and uh, we're going to camp out here for a bit. Awesome. Um, so our plan was to start, start, in, 19, uh, start in January ninety eight, and work our way through the world of professional wrestling from, from, from January to December. Um, and that includes WWF, WCW, and ECW. So where else to start but with the Royal Rumble in 1998? Here we are. Um, how do you enjoy revisiting this this uh, period in time?
1: Yeah, it was really good. I, I had this fear that I would watch it and it wouldn't be good. And you know, I, I think you know when when we look through old old WrestleManias and we both you know looked at ones that we thought, oh, this will be great and then you actually watch it and it's not um, but mm. what I did, and I know you did similar, is I thought, right, I'll watch a Raw before the Rumble, then watch the Rumble and just get a feel for what the storylines are and I was uh, happy to to find myself thinking, no th- this is good, this is going to be a fun uh, series of shows we're going to do
0: Yeah, I think that's going to work out quite, like a good way to do things is what, um, we'll take in the the kind of go home show, whether that's Nitro or Raw, or I think it was called I think it was just called ECW TV, possibly. Um, we'll take in the one before, we'll take in the event, and then we'll probably take in the one after as well. And then just have a wee, a wee natter about that, eh? Yeah, but definitely it'll be fun for me with ECW because I. I-
1: I can't say for sure that I've seen everything that's out there, so that that'll definitely be pretty entertaining for me.
0: Nice. I feel a bit like that with WCW. Has never certainly at this time period. I, I don't. I don't recall um, watching Nitro or anything like that. So I'm quite yeah. looking forward to that. Um, yep. I'm sure some of it's a bit of a car crash, but <laughs> you know what they say about car crash TV. Yeah. Um, cool. So what do you want to do? Well, we'll just jump into the Go Home Raw. Yeah, um, absolutely. And s- some impressions from it. Um, so, so just kind of uh, setting the scene. We've got Shawn Michaels as WWF champion at this point. Yeah. Um, the number one contender seems to be the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, we've got the Intercontinental Championship is on the Rock, and uh, he's involved in a sort of multitude of storylines. But his, his primary sort of contender, Sha- uh, Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Um we've got the tag belts on the Outlaws who are uh just seem to be completely off the leash um as far as creative's concerned, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um number one contender is the Legion of Doom and the only other belt that there is is a European championship and that's on Triple H. Um who appears to be injured. I don't know if that was a kayfabe injury or if it was a genuine injury. injury. I don't know if you know. I,
1: th- I think it was genuine. Um, and I know that just by the fact he's on TV, and I, I, I'm fairly sure he's active at Mania. Um, I, The way he is at the Rumble, which we'll talk around, I, I get the feeling he's maybe closer to
0: returning than it looks on right. TV. Right, Cool. So, yeah. But one question for you. Do, do you remember... So, so, these episodes of Raw seem to be split into, I, I guess there there are two hours. Um, yeah. They're about ninety minutes on the network, but obviously there's no adverts or anything like that. It seems uh-huh. to be split into like an hour of Raw and then yep. was was the war zone was that like post watershed or something like that
1: yeah i think that's the way it was split and they they sort of set it up like it's two shows cuz the second part seems to have its own introduction mm-hmm. um and i think the commentary team's change as well They the announced do. the teams um so yeah and I, when i saw it i remembered that being the case when i watched it when i was young um and it must be a watershed thing because everything that's a bit more risky does seem to take place in the the second half yeah
0: it's odd, and I don't remember it being like that, but um, aye, it's it's still really refreshing to watch a yeah. one-and-a-half-hour episode of Raw that's not yeah. laborious and, and <laughs> uh, it makes sense. There's uh, storylines. Like, we'll get into it, but um, I don't know if this struck you. It certainly struck me. Some of this, there, there's no... I don't feel like a lot of the storylines that are going on are just linear, Um, you've got people interacting with other people who are not involved in their Um, storyline do you know what I mean by that? Yeah absolutely Um, and I think what
1: they're pretty good at here and now is kind of sowing seeds for Mm -hmm. things that are going to happen and it just seems such a better structured product Um, and there's you sort of tap into some long running storylines that are i think kind of always there but not always the focal point for the performer yeah um and it just i don't know it, it you used the word refreshing before it, it's got that feel to it mm, but absolutely it just but seems it, so well structured
0: it does so we've got dx um which at this point in time is just michael's triple h in china yeah um china well, like, I know we've seen her roundabout at WrestleMania when we're watching the WrestleManias, but when you yeah. think of what she looked like at WrestleMania 17 compared to what she looks like on... Yeah. This, it's uh, quite a transformation, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we've got DX, um, and like I say, we've got the three of them, and they're involved in a bit of a, a thing with Owen Hart, which is probably unavoidable for for WWF, I'd imagine, even if they don't see a lot of potential in Owen Hart, and that's clear from them kind of pushing them towards Triple H in the European Championship rather than Michael's. Yeah, I um, think, I mean, what are we, three, four months removed from the
1: Montreal Yep. Yeah. and I think not long after it, they gave Owen Hart a new contract, um... And he was the only one, you know, I think they were happy to let Bulldog and Anvil and all that leave. I think they they saw talent in the worker that is Owen Hart. Um, but I think that is the way they see his position. I don't think they see him as a a guy that's going to go after the world title and Shawn Michaels. I think they're, they're positioning him where they think he, he sort of fits.
0: It's sad. I've been thinking about this a lot since since I watched this um, and watched these two rows in the Rumble and I think it so that the last pay-per-view in December was DX, in your house Degeneration X or whatever you call it yeah. um, and I want to say that Owen I, I don't 100% know but I, I think Owen attacked Shawn Michaels post that match maybe was he fighting Shamrock Shawn Michaels maybe? Uh, Main event was Shamrock Michaels, yeah. yeah. I think I think they had Owen coming attack Shawn Michaels. So, like you 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 have got the sown of the seeds of mm-hmm. a um, of a feud there. I just I, I, like we'll get into Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. It's a classic match, a casket match. Um, but I just feel like this is a missed opportunity to give Owen that opportunity to to take the next step. Potentially of a a, a title feud? I suppose the only
1: thing with it is they would have gone quite short lived with it because I think they've decided long before this that they're going Austin. Um, Mm, That's
0: fair. That's fair. uh,
1: But it, you know, it it could have been done in the, I don't know exactly when Owen started reappearing after the screwdriver and all that on TV, but, you know, I don't even remember them. Spending any length of time giving him any sort of animosity with Michaels directly or anything. Which they could have done.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. So, I like I say, we've got DX kind of involved in a storyline with Owen. Um, we've also got DX involved with Undertaker. And Michaels is obviously involved with Undertaker. Um, we're not that far removed from Kane debuting. Um, and that's all pretty much linked to this feud with Undertaker and Kane and Shawn Michaels Um, so on this programme we've got Michaels announcing Kane as the newest member of DX and that's the kind of Mm -hmm. last thing that we get uh, on this show Um, we've got the whole thing around Tyson obviously Yeah. Um, and we've got Vince I I think as part of this Raw Vince invites Tyson um, to join him at the Royal Rumble Yeah, Yeah, because they're they're obviously, I think, trying to
1: deflect through this show from the idea that Kane would actually align with Michaels, and they they make it look like it's a bit of a, you know, just a distraction technique by Michaels, but obviously we're going to talk around what actually happens in the Rumble title match and things like that, but I think, to be honest, it was was like a deflection tactic. Mm make it look like yeah I would never do that this is all fake it's all just uh, Michael's trying to get a rise out of Undertaker
0: and you do kind of you, you aye, I, th- I think you he can you he can believe that as well he, I, I definitely yeah. took that from it yeah. um, and JR was getting very very excited at the prospect of the two brothers signalling each other like two sort yeah. of animals <laughs> <laughs> to say that they've joined the pack together it was really weird yeah he, yeah. he had
1: some interesting wording through all this JR. <laughs> <laughs> he did he <laughs> did
0: What's your what's your take on um, makeupless uh, Paul Bearer? Kinda, um,
1: I, I don't know. A little bit worried for him. He, just, <laughs> he didn't really. He he
0: didn't look great. He yeah, it was weird. It was. It almost looks more terrifying without the yeah without the the makeup. <laughs> but I, when I was watching that the the raw after the rumble. My wife was kind of coming in and out of the room and she goes, is that guy's name Paul Bearer? <laughs> uh, you know, like, you've lived with it a lot, so long that you didn't even sort of... You don't even register. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, called Paul Bearer. Yes. yes, I am still watching this shit. Right. <laughs> uh, so so uh, some other stuff that's going on. We've got the whole Mark Merrow being jealous of Sable yeah. uh, thing going on. We've got a really odd... Um, relationship between Mark Merrow and gold dust going on mm-hmm. um you've got gold dust dressing up as sable yeah they're they're really
1: pushing the the strangeness of the gold dust character and I think this is a little bit after he's had the sort of TV interview breakup with uh, Terry Terry Reynolds, and yeah. he's now aligned himself with Luna um and he's I think they keep saying on commentary that he's just attention seeking and That's right, Gr says that a lot Yeah, it's said many times um, and I think they're maybe just I, I, I don't know if they're just trying to push it as far as they can with this sort of character and he sort of comes out in some pretty interesting outfits
0: at certain points it Certainly does The artist formerly known as Goldust we should say yeah. Um, at this point in time, we've got the NWA. Ki- sorry, we've got the NWA kind of, kind of invading. Yeah. <sighs> a kind of like light invasion, um, yeah. a polite invasion of uh, WWF by the NWA. You've got Jeff Jarrett. Um, who else? You got the ro- is it the Rock and Roll Express? Yes. With um, with Cornette. Yep.
1: I- yeah I just, I just hated this I said, <laughs> I said yeah. to you before I, I don't know, it felt really like they're trying to bring a sort of hokey environment into what at the time was pretty cutting edge in terms of the way it was going um, and I, I, I'm i all for a balance you know I think you, you need something to keep traditional wrestling fans interested but I just don't think this was it, I every segment every time I saw them I just sort of thought oh.
0: it, just, it doesn't fit in here it's no. a bit yeah, it's a bit water and oil um, yeah. like if, I, I'll tell you one thing though it's the best I've ever seen Jeff Jarrett look
1: okay
0: I think okay I think <laughs> he looks quite cool in like the Kurt Angle type um, all in one did you thing. right okay <laughs> I, I, It wasn't calling anybody <laughs> slap nuts so.
1: well yeah I quite liked him when he remember when he was it a guitar? No, a, yeah, a guitar when he used to, you know, hit people over the head with it and all that. that it was never, in my mind, a high on the card guy, but I quite liked that version. Um, but yeah, like silver,
0: um, silver shorts and Deborah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and
1: he was. He was never i never found him that interesting, but at least I thought he had a little bit of an edge to him mm-hmm. I, I just I, I don't know what I make of him in in this guy's or the the n w a stuff
0: It always baffles me that, that that they wanted to have him feud in with austin
1: yeah I, I can't can
0: remember what roundabout what time that was was that roundabout no nah,
1: it must be a bit after this because I think he's already left, and it's when he comes back I think. um because he he cut a promo in the ring and mentioned something about Austin Austin didn't like it because he had no intention of ever working with him <laughs> um, he just, I think saw him as very beneath, you know um, and there's, he's got a new podcast actually and I listened to the first episodes and it was pretty long winded but
0: quite interesting Was it? Is it uh, was the first episode all about um, him asking for that money before he was due to drop the title to China?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it doesn't when you hear his story, it doesn't come off as bad because all it is is he's actually he's already worked all the shows. And the way it works is, um, depending on where you are in terms of your guaranteed money, they kind of the company kind of make up the difference at the end of the year. So if you're on a guarantee of, I don't know, five hundred thousand, but you've only made four hundred thousand, they will give you that extra hundred grand at the end of the year. Right. Um, but him because he's leaving and I think his, his contract's up so I think he can just walk but he's basically due some money from the company and he works out what he thinks it should be and then kind of tells them give me guarantees this is going to be paid and I'll go out and do your match so nice. he's, he's already earned the money if you like mm-hmm. you know? um, so it, it didn't come off quite as bad but whether he would have actually not gone out he doesn't really confirm that. Right. Um, yeah, it was, I don't think it was quite full-on, you know, Ultimate Warrior style. Um, <laughs> it, it didn't come across as bad as that, anyway.
0: Fair play. Fair play to you, Geoff. <laughs> um, and and uh, probably the, the kind of... Um, the next level down for the kind of Michaels and Undertaker stuff is probably the Nation of Domination stuff that's kind of dominating. Yeah, I, uh, no pun intended.
1: I absolutely loved this, and I kind of forgot how much I loved this. But where we are in terms of the story is um, you've got your your members, which are Farouk as the leader, you've got Kama, you've got Dilo, and you've got The Rock. And The Rock is quite brilliantly playing this young, brash, arrogant, cocky member of the nation. He's got the Intercontinental title and all that. Um, but you, you're kind of sowing the seeds of the fact that he wants to be in charge, mm-hmm. but he's, he's doing it in quite a immature way a lot of the time. Um, and he's got his facial expressions, and he's undermining Farouk and things like that, and almost doing it in a way that he thinks Farouk doesn't see it, <laughs> but but he does, and he's, he's a but he's just irritated by this this young guy. He really is. He uh, plays that well, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think you you said to me in when we were doing some research for this that this is maybe your favourite version of the rock, and I absolutely love it as well. I think it's because he's, he's not there yet, and he's, he's not on top, but he's kind of acting like somebody who is, uh-huh. whereas when he is on top, and he's you know acting like somebody who is, it doesn't have that same sort of feel to it, because uh. he, he's kind of earned that right, but when he hasn't earned it, and he's acting like that, it's, it's brilliant, it's comedy.
0: Uh, everything is unpolished, an unpolished version of what you know now know, yeah. um, which makes it all the better, I think, and uh, that's what I was saying about the, the outlaws as well, yeah, I feel like they're just kind of like off the chain and doing whatever they want and it. it's class. Yeah. I yeah. um, so we've got Shamrock and Mark Henry versus two members of the nation, which I can't remember who that is. Is it The Rock and Kama or something? I think it's D'Lo and Kama, right. I think. Um, and he's got the... No, no, you're, you're right, actually. The Rock probably is in there. Um, Mark Henry's got the Rocky Sucks... Uh, t-shirt on, and yeah. um, eventually he he uh, turns on. Well, he didn't really turn on Shamrock, but he he switches sides and he's yeah. unveiled as the newest member of the uh, of the Nation of Domination, and they beat down Shamrock and Farouk's. Kind of looking at you know, like, like you say, like the Rock saying, "Look what look what I've done! I've 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 brought you a Mark Henry sort of thing." <laughs> and he's looking at him like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's great, and it.
1: It's really good for the story because you've got um, two performers in Rock and Shamrock who had really good chemistry for their matches and it's a really good feud between them for the the Intercontinental title because you've got Shamrock as this, you know, ultimate fighter um, and he's aggressive and he snaps and he looks <laughs> at times unbeatable in the ring. Then you've got The Rock who is kind of, you know, He's obviously got talent and can beat people, but he's kind of playing this slightly you know, slippery heel mm-hmm. in that he, he just gets out of situations with his title. Um, and this is just another sort of element to it with um, turning Mark Henry, but it also plays into the, the overriding Nation story yeah. as well, uh, just of, of Farouk being not best pleased that somebody's been brought in and it wasn't his decision.
0: Yeah is that The Rock is so beefy. Um, that's one of my big comments I've written down here. Rock looks so beefy. JR claims it is £275 at the Rumble.
1: Wow. That would be heavy for The Rock anyway. But yeah, he he, he does look a bit more beefy um, than than he did certainly later in his career.
0: This must be... So, oh, so we're about a year out from... Um, from obviously from from Rumble ninety nine when he when he starts wearing the shirt yeah, um, and the rumoured um, breast reduction surgery that he supposedly has maybe yeah. trimming some of that beef off mm-hmm. after then. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, was there anything else from the Go Home Raw that, that you wanted to highlight? I think just the the thing, you know, we talked about the nation, we talked about DX,
1: but factions are definitely a big thing yes. here. Um, you've got, I, I wrote down the names of a, a couple of others but they're they're not as high profile but you've got um, Los Bariquas yep. you've got the Truth Commission you've got DOA and they're all kind of I don't know, rival gangs uh-huh. um, and it, it just I think gives some of the members you know a, a, a bit of storyline intrigue there between them and the dynamics between the, each team and it's not something you get a lot of in the more modern day, you don't get an awful lot of factions. That, um... No,
0: it's interesting. Like on reflection, um, after watching this rumble, I-, I expected to see this really stacked roster of like legends. Mm-hmm. Um, but on reflection, the roster is quite thin. Yeah, but the fact that there's all these factions gives the um, sort of you can gives the storylines a bit more dynamic, and yeah, um, you do get this mixture and interlink linking the storylines in it, and I think it works really well when you've got that kind of thinner roster. Yeah, agreed. Um, oh, that was that was one thing I was gonna I was gonna say. To you, we could have picked a random year. And there would have been some big guy that the, that Vince was cool, like, getting excited about at the time mm-hmm. yeah. Th- This time it's Kurgan Yeah With uh, Don Callis w- With his weird gem thing on his forehead Yeah What was he called? The Jackal? I think that's it, yeah So weird Yeah I was like, his Kurgan got long black nails? But it's like tape on his nails or something <laughs> Yeah, he was. He, I've seen him in films and things like that. This Kurgan guy just went,
1: like, uh, he's just sort of some massive muscle bound guy um, just in the background, you know. And Aye. He's so recognisable, and I'm like, is that? It is, yeah. Um, and it's, I, 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 don't think he was ever really cut out for the wrestling game, but he's, uh, he is a class. I bet Vince just took one
0: look and thought, yes, oh, yes, he definitely. <laughs> It's good to see where Braun Strowman gets his promo style from, at least. Just shout and and growl. Uh, The the, the other thing I
1: I sort of picked up on with this show, and I don't know if it's just the years and years of of it being force-fed to us, but it didn't feel like... And I know Vince has had his Bret Hart moment and all that, and he has been on screen, but he's very much... his storyline seems to be the Tyson thing mm-hmm. while we're here at the moment but mm-hmm. there's no sort of dastardly on screen taking up half an hour of the show authority figure yep. um, it's more about the talent and
0: yep. you know the, the storylines and that kind of jumped out at me aye, aye, <laughs> I agree with that as well and and also I don't know if it's just striking because of um, the kind of current world that we're living in but the fans I don't know, it, it just felt raucous mm-hmm. and, and the fans felt into it, and there were signs everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and that really, that really jumped out at me as well. Yeah. But it was a great, a great go-home raw uh, yep. to me, and it, it got me pumped for the Rumble, so let's jump into the Rumble. Cool. What was the date, did you say there? 18th of January. So, 18th of January, 1998, yep. and it never, ever, by all Saints is number one the UK charts. Awesome. So, um... Yeah, that was a banger Adam Yeah, it was, I think it was, um, I must have been a student
1: Yeah, I would have been a student when this was all going on I would have been having the time of my life
0: (laughs) What sort of musical (laughs) uh, phase do you think you were going through at that point?
1: I think I'd I'd gone through the metal phase Um, I think I would have been over that by now I think I would have been quite into a lot of indie type music right now Nice What about you?
0: Uh like I was heavy into um, Britney Spears before she became famous. At this point, ah, okay, okay. Uh, kind of went <laughs> off her when she hit the mainstream. I oh, honestly, I have no idea. What it had been sixteen? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, so, we, so we're at the Royal Rumble. Um, first thing that hits me: <laughs> sign in the crowd. Tyson killed Tupac. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, We've got JR and King on commentary, um, which I liked, and we had a really um, dramatic opening, which was um, voiceover by Michael Cole. Which I'm not sure yeah. if that's like a a, a new voiceover or if he did that at that time I don't remember Cole being around at this point but he clearly was he was doing backstage interviews I
1: remember that um, but in terms of like voiceovers and things like that I'm, I'm, I'm not sure It might, as you say it might have been something that's just been redone in mm. recent years
0: um, sprinkled throughout the show we get so, oh, something we never really touched on was the, the whole thing of Austin being a marked man um, yeah. going into this rumble I don't really understand why yeah uh,
1: it's it's a little bit of an odd dynamic i think what they're trying to do is make sure the deck's nicely stacked against him because they want him to you know he, he's going to be the guy so you want him to have to overcome a lot to get there um i know this would have come a year after he'd won the rumble the uh would have won it in 97 Ninety seven, yeah. and then didn't get his mania title match because they ended up doing a a, a four-person match for the title which he was involved in, but it was because he'd basically cheated to win that year. He'd been eliminated, he snuck back in, and then eliminated everyone else. Yeah, that's why um, he ended up
0: um, having his match with Bret Hart,
1: isn't it? Yeah, so I think you've got, for him, you've got the sort of natural storyline of I deserve this, I'm going to win this, nothing's going to get in my way. But he kind of starts taking people out. Now, it's it's oh, That's really, right, of course, aye. Right. They're not going to be, you know, from a stunner, they're they're not gonna be unable to make it to the rumble six days later, but it's it's like he he's trying to put down a marker, but then he's done it to so many people or so many groups that um you've you've got to think payback's gonna become a factor.
0: Yeah. And and there was random uh times on Raw where he would just the glass would smash, he'd come out and hit everyone with a stunner and go back in yeah. go back out again. Yeah. Um yeah. So, so so what I was going to say was kind of sprinkled throughout. You've got the various uh, gangs of people, the different factions try to look for Austin. Um, Los Boricas seem very, very keen on mm. finding Austin. Yeah. Um, I think they're maybe playing up an angle where they've been paid money by DX to yeah, to help them out.
1: They they have certainly a couple of times across the shows I watched in the build up to this. The. They are assisting DX in some way, so I think that the implications there for them definitely.
0: Um, so we've got them trying to find Austin, and they never ever do, and it's kind of. Um, I think King eventually ends up saying that he's he's uh, found out that someday. Eventually, got to Austin. he was a way to. Uh, uh, medical facility yeah. um, and there was a question as to whether Austin was actually going to join the Rumble and all that sort of stuff
1: Yeah, it felt like King was going almost full old school Bobby Heenan because is, is he was just like making things up and talking about his sources and stuff like that yeah. which is what Heenan used to do
0: just to wind up going to soon And JR obviously takes the bait Yeah I always feel like with JR he's almost too much of a supporter of Austin to the point where he was like you're gonna make yourself ill, mate, if you keep yeah. going on the way you're going on. Just Calm down <laughs> a wee bit. God love you, JR. Yeah. So first match out the gates, we get the artist formerly known as Gold Dust with with uh, Luna Vashon, and you yep. you can do a really good Luna Vashon impression, Adam. Yeah, as well. I'll save it for the next time. Okay, cool. And uh, he goes against my guy, my. Big fan, Vader, i was got to say. Uh, Vader versus Gold yeah. Duster. Um, yeah. Huge pop for Vader from the crowd.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I I didn't see that much of him in WCW, but he's one of those that you kind of know, He's he's got that name as soon as he joins. And I think when he did join WWE, there was quite a lot of enthusiasm because he'd been an absolute superstar in WCW mm-hmm. and I think went and did really well in Japan as well um, sort of massive monster heel um, and he's I think pretty well known for quite a quite a stiff fighting style mm-hmm. um, but he's you know, a pretty intimidating looking guy I
0: think he's great and, and you and I spoke about him separately um, before and I, I just think he's really underrated I, I like those punches he throws in the corner they look really authentic mm-hmm. yeah. um, he's intimidating like you say I remember as a kid watching him on WCW when they had the old blue ropes yeah. uh, and the blue uh, canvas and uh, he just squashed everybody mm-hmm. I think he's brilliant but it's, it's maybe just a kind of uh, you know I maybe bring that with me from from my childhood more than than anything else yeah he, he
1: never he never got the huge push did it I think he. there was a whole situation where he got a match against Michaels and there was a big botch mid-match and Michaels started like hurling abuse at him um, and I assume with the power Michaels had at the time that was basically it in terms of him getting title shots and, and things like that I can't remember exactly what the botch was but it was something went wrong in a match and Michaels kind of broke character and just had a go at him for it. That, w- so. that wouldn't
0: be Shawn Michaels breaking character. Well, Shawn Michaels being an asshole. That's <laughs> his gimmick. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> it, uh, wasn't anything to do with Vader's eye popping out, no? No, no, not, okay. not that time. Good. Good. No. Um, I did mention on Twitter uh, fr- from our Twitter account that Vader should have been a champion and um, our, our number one listener, Pat, did point out to me that, that he did get a bit of a push in nineteen ninety six, and they actually named an in your house. It's time, as in it's Vader time. Uh-huh. Um, but Michaels lobbied for him um, not to drop the title okay. to, to Vader at that at that, uh, that pay per view. Right, as is his want as an asshole. Yeah. Shout out to Pat for the constant knowledge of knowing everything there is to know about wrestling. What do you think of this match? Um, i thought it was okay I
1: thought um it was pretty hard hitting I think all Vader matches have that look and feel to them um i wasn't i was never the biggest gold dust fan um I don't know I just couldn't quite get into the character um <laughs> I, I felt like it went a little bit too far for my taste certainly at the time um and I didn't really know what they were going for at this stage. I think when he you know, when he first came on the scene as Gold Dust, I could see what they were aiming for, or I thought I could, but I think by now it's kinda I don't know, it's almost jumped the shark in my eyes. Um and I don't know what the plan is, really. But um yeah, pretty a uh, decent hard hitting match, but I, I was <laughs> horrified when I saw the, the finish and what happened to Luna.
0: <laughs> like yeah. When you see it in slow mo, <laughs> well, you're saying horrified. I've got it round down here. What a great spot! What a bump! looking Luna took. <laughs> I, I assume so because there's
1: no he, control in that, is no. there? So for the finish, Luna is on Vader's back. She's trying to stop him. Um, and he just climbs the ropes anyway to execute, is it a Vader bomb? Is, yeah. that, is that what that finisher yeah. is? Um, so Dust laying on the ring Vader's gonna basically jump off and squash him Luna is on Vader's back but when Vader jumps <laughs> Luna is no longer properly attached to his back and then when Vader lands <laughs> she lands just, you know a, a wee bit in front of, of him and she just looks like she takes a horrendous knock off the mat um, and then when you do see it in slow motion because they you know the, the commentators play up on it a bit yeah. and I'm like looking and thinking oh that didn't look good at all
0: <laughs> yeah so they, they kind of there's an initial point where they tease um, Vader getting up on the ropes to do a Vader bomb and I think Luna distracts the ref and Goldust hits a low blow Yeah. Um, but eventually very quickly that doesn't really um go to his advantage and Vader ends up back up here again but this time Luna on his back and I thought oh here we go disqualification but nah the referee just lets it go <laughs> go uh, go in flight with, with Luna on your back <laughs> so like, like you say our, our kind of legs at one point end up higher than her face yeah. <laughs> and uh, as she comes crashing she's yeah oh, that's horrendous it's really bad but it's really entertaining to watch as well <laughs> were, um, were you a Gold Dust fan? No I was going to say yeah I wonder if there were many Mm. Many Goldust yeah. fans. It, it kind of feels like they had a, they had some, they had a creative character from him for him, with yeah. the whole, uh, what was her name, Marlena, Terry Ronald's yeah. chomping yeah. cigars and and him with this blonde wig and he's he's, I assume dressed like an Oscar, yeah, um, and he was a film director and all that sort of stuff. And then it looks... What it seems like is they've invited somebody's child into a creative, filled mm. him with sweets and then just told him to, like, tell them what to make them. <laughs> I, I want him to have his clothes on inside out and <laughs> it's just absolute madness. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Throughout this match when they pan across the crowd, if you didn't know it's 1998, then you do now because there's a Ted Turner is gay sign. <laughs> wow. So Wow nothing screams attitude era I'm like <laughs> homophobia from the crowd Um so yeah I enjoyed this match I thought it was good I think I think Vader should be the WWF champion and um I think he should be a WWE champion right now as well ok Um so yeah and I was really excited to see where it came out in the rumble but we can talk about that when we get to it ok Um at this point in time we get we cut to Michael Cole, who's standing in his tuxedo in the kind of, what, what would you call that, the bit where the cars come in?
1: Yeah, Um I don't know what
0: you would call that. Wait, backstage. <laughs> which <laughs> okay. Like, when it was round about this era, 98, 99, 2000, uh, I feel like you used to always get guys appearing in cars and there being yeah. like stuff like this happening, but it doesn't really, they don't really seem to do that anymore. Mm. No, true. Yeah. I guess when you're, when you're in a pandemic, it, like it, it probably wouldn't have, quite the same um, impact. Like Drew McIntyre pulling up in a, in a, in like an electric car with a sword and a kilt. <laughs> just... I'm, I'm imagining it now, and it's quite entertaining in my. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've got Michael Cole waiting on Mr. Austin as he calls him, and and Austin yeah. gives him the full on. Just park my damn truck. Which I liked. Yep. <laughs> so, I'd like you to, I'd like you to do a deep dive on the next match that we've got okay. on the card. Yeah. So the, the the
1: next match with Max Mini Mosaic. Yep. Nova um, against Battalion El Torito and Tarantula, um, and it's uh, refereed by Sunny. So this. Um, I, yeah, I, I I have to say I, I, I didn't pay all that much attention while this match was on. Oh, wow. uh, I think they talked about one of them being the the smallest professional athlete in the world. Yep. Um, and you know those those the guys can move and all that, but uh, <laughs> it, it
0: didn't it didn't really grab me. I must say. Do you know who that was under that, that Max Mini costume? No. It's Dean Malenko.
1: That's Dean Malenko.
0: No, <laughs> it can't be. no it's not. It's not. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, if you'd thrown me a Ray Mysterio, I might have, you know,
1: had to look it up or something like that, thinking it could be, could be. But no. Nah.
0: This was weird. This felt like, I know they used to do this, but it was quite odd. What do they call them? The mini superstars or something like that? Yeah. Minis. Yeah. Um, Seems like an excuse to get Sunny in some sort of um, referee gear and for King to throw out his, his inappropriate one-liners. Yeah, so I, I actually wrote in
1: my notes, <laughs> seemed an excuse to fill time and get Sunny on the screen. That, yeah. That's, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, King, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you two of King's lines because some of them were genuinely quite funny but um, probably really offensive. Uh, he'd make a good hood ornament for my car he says about one of them at one point (laughs) and he says something about if he was to kill suicide he'd have to fall off the kerb or something like that, so that wasn't a good one also also I think at the Raw before this, King says I'm not even sure if I can say this (laughs) King, no I'm not saying it it's totally inappropriate I'm not saying it go back and watch that row, you'll find okay. a really, really, really inappropriate line from Jerry King Lawler, and it came back to haunt him, because I'm fairly sure he got accused of something that he makes oh. a joke about. Oh, I've just remembered what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was he thinking, saying that?
1: I don't know, because I, I even think JR's reaction was a wee bit like, uh... <laughs>
0: Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next match was for the Intercontinental title, and this to me was class. Yeah, this was great. The Rock defending the Intercontinental title against Shamrock. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was great. It was back and forward. Like you, I think you said about the go home rod. They've got really good chemistry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they... They match up pretty well physically um and there's there's that good difference between the two characters. It's a really natural feeling storyline between the two because the character the rock's playing you can imagine would just infuriate someone like Shamrock. Yep. Um and he's <sighs> It, it just kind of works. I've heard Shamrock say since that he was one of his favourite people to work with because it just, it just worked. Everything just clicked. They didn't have to put an awful lot of work into it or anything like that. Um, he was probably his most natural opponent and I think it really comes across in the matches. Um, and when we went into it, I, I remember two matches between the two and I couldn't remember what finish this one had right. between the two. Um, and it, it's, it's just
0: a... I thought a really good finish. Um because oh, it's, it's, so, it's really inventive. Yeah. Uh, I believe this was part one of Pat Patterson's um finishes that, that came up with this one. Okay. Um yeah, sorry, sort to cut you off. Here. No, it's right. Um I I I found I, I just I like the flow of the match. You had kind of rock slowing things down. A lot of the time yep. stomping away, sort of uh, beating away on Shamrock. And every now and again you'd get this little bit of electricity, you'd have a hurricane runner for Shamrock, a belly to belly or a, a suplex. You, you hit him with a beautiful uh, fisherman suplex at one point, the perfect plex. Yep. Um, and then there's one of the, the, at one point uh, where Shamrock's taken over, uh, Rock comes back off the ropes and he hits him with that DDT where he goes all around the body. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love that move. <laughs> I um I used to love doing that to people when we were in like <laughs> the sixth year at school.
1: Awesome. Um yeah, I, I mean the when it when it gets to the finish, um you've got the you know, predictable interference by the nation because, mm-hmm. you know, why wouldn't they? Um and then it's when rock um Uses the distraction to get the brass knucks and uh, and delivers the punch. I'm I'm a little bit you know I'm picturing going back to me watching this the first time and I'm thinking oh it's you know it's a fluff finish, but then there's the the clever wrinkle to it Mm -hmm. because to then put the brass knucks in Shamrock's trunks, and then Shamrock kicks out in the end. He doesn't get pinned. Takes control. uh, Delivers his finisher. I can't remember the name of it.
0: Shamrock he just, some he just hits point. him with a belly-to-belly. Belly. Oh, that's a belly-to-belly, belly. that's what he does. Not the belly to belly
1: <laughs> And then uh, pins the rock, one, two, three, and then you're thinking, ah, oh, new champion, okay, and then the the rock immediately is gesturing to the ref that he got hit by something, <laughs> he got hit by a foreign object, and the, the referee then goes, asks Shamrock the question, pats him down, they find the Rasnaaks that Shamrock doesn't actually seem to have any clue would be in there. He's selling it quite well. Um, and the referee overturns the decision, awards the title back to the Rock via disqualification finish. And uh, the, the the Rock sneaks away with his title. Uh, the, the Nation help him to the back and Shamrock snaps and attacks the ref. Yeah. And... It's just such a, a clever finish. I, I, I love the way this was done. I absolutely it's loved it. Genius.
0: It just it plays right into so many different things. It plays into the Rock's kind of heel behavior and yeah. that, that slippery uh, heel character that he's playing that you talked about from the Raw, and it, and it obviously plays into like this guy's an absolute maniac. You don't want to get him to snap because he'll just kill everything and everything round about yeah. him. Uh, yeah. It's brilliant, and it and it leaves it open to. Uh, you know, obviously, leaves it open to the storyline continuing as well.
1: Yeah, and what I what I really liked as well about it is that the the rock with this kind of thing is positioned as being pretty clever. You know, he's he's um, he might be brash and arrogant and cocky and all that, but he's got a plan. He 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 knows not just to hit him, but to then get a little insurance policy. Aye. And I, I like that. I like that they've given him that element
0: yeah it was brilliant I, I I don't think I've ever seen this finish before you know a lot of time either oh they're doing that or they're doing yeah. this I've never seen this before I no. loved it, it's really good yeah. um, and at this point in time Shamrock's only Shamrock's good in the ring and he's also good at like the kind of emotional stuff as well and he's only really been I think he was his debut the Wrestlemania 13 guest referee spot yeah it was yeah, he's, and, uh, he's not been in for a long time
1: No, I think we've talked before about, you know, should he have been given a you know, either a world title run or a Mm programme for the title. And I know we're not far away from them having a hell of a lot of, you know, absolute top top guys, but it does seem like there would have been space for it, especially I think when The Rock had the title Mm -hmm. because it's already shown that they can work so well together.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And he's got that background that gives him the authenticity to be able to beat anybody. Yeah. Um, but he, he would be second in the pecking line behind my boy Vader, obviously. Of course. Yeah. Um, next match, we get a bit of a a, a set in the scene with another dramatic um, voiceover from Michael Cole, and we see the Outlaws and DX um, chucking uh, Road Warrior Animal a uh, uh, Road Warrior Animal through a table. Yeah. Um, which I assume happened around about December time. Yeah.
1: It's it's quite an interesting dynamic because I remember the Outlaws and D X being affiliated a few times but this is, you know, still a few weeks or a couple of months before they're actually joining D X. But I'm sure I've heard somewhere it was always in mind to have them join with them, but until Michaels left it was felt that the outlaws didn't need it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were starting to do pretty well on their own. Um but I think when Michaels leaves Okay, sure. X comes in, but it maybe needs a bit more than just the two of them when it when Shawn Michaels isn't there anymore. But yeah, the, there's obviously already a a little bit of an affiliation on on camera between the two groups. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that they're <coughs> not, you know, they're not official members, but they are aligned and they do do things together mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. Um, without it needing to be like they are in this group or they are mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're playing up the fact that Animal's got a really bad back injury because outlaws put him through a table. Yeah. um we, what? What did you think about Legion of Doom here? Um,
1: I think I felt like they were kind of done. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not not just from a a physical standpoint, which I'm sure you know they they were still. Great shape and you know, able to go in the ring, but I just feel like, from a storyline point of view and from where the business was, I think they were their time at the top was
0: gone, really. Totally agree. Um, they after the outlaws, I think the outlaws come out first, um, and they're going for the old, uh, <laughs> the old cheap heat with the, yeah. uh, the, the Packers jerseys on. To rile up the the San Francisco crowd, or the if we're, I, we're in that area anyway. Yes. Um, yep. We get a promo from the Legion of Doom, and I just wrote down that this feels completely out of time. Yeah. This felt like an early nineties promo, and it, yeah. it just felt really odd. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, this yeah. that, this not work at yeah. all.
1: And I I, it, I think it's it's even just some of the wording used. Just didn't fit. I don't know. It, it felt like they hadn't moved with the times at all. Yeah. And they, yeah, like you say, they they were probably delivering like a, I don't know, nineteen eighties promo or something like that. It just it didn't
0: it didn't grab me at all. Sad. Sad to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they st- they still get their pop when they come out, and that music always get a pop. You could play that at your funeral and get a pop I thing <laughs> for it. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think this match. Uh, and i've i've read places otherwise that hawk was a bit they were a bit concerned about hawk mm-hmm. um i don't know if it was mentally or if he was having issues with um substances and all that obviously they played that up um mm-hmm. further down the line yeah. um but it felt like they really leaned on animal in this match yeah
1: yeah i of, mean to to for so for part of it um hawk's actually part of the the story of the match because the, the match It's a bit of a brawl-type match. You know, there's some body slams and things like that, but I think with the styles of of the teams, you know, quite a lot of it just descends into a little bit of brawling. But um, there's a a point in the match where the the Outlaws handcuff Hawk to the ring, to the ropes, so that they're basically making it a handicap match. Mm -hmm. Again, just looking into what you've said, it is maybe the case that they... They might not have wanted Hawk performing moves. They might not have trusted him to be in the ring for the full match and things like that. And it's yeah, it's a it's a sad situation. But if um, if somebody is like you say, they're physically or mentally not able to to really perform, they maybe have to take some you know do some things to safeguard people and things like that.
0: Yeah. Um, there's there's an instance. Have we talked before about animals power slam?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: Has he got the best power slam in wrestling?
1: It's a good power slam because there's a, there, there's one where he he catches. I can't remember which outlaw it is, but as they're coming off the top rope.
0: Oh no! Uh, oh no! Uh, that's not good. But yeah,
1: he <laughs> he looks like he's about to crumble, and <laughs> as he catches him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, it, it was, um, and it was um it was worrying. <laughs> he proper drops it was Billy Gunn. Um yeah. okay. I, I've wrote down here animal just literally power slammed Billy Gun on his head. Yeah. And it, it looked kinda dangerous for both
1: of them because it, it looked like I mean, I don't know, I, I assume the back injury thing was a um, you know, K injury mm-hmm. but <laughs> I mean if he did have if he didn't have one before I'm pretty sure he did after that. So, <laughs>
0: doing a good job of selling it. Unfortunately <laughs> he's just paralyzed
1: Billy Gunn. Yeah. I mean he he did have I think good power slams previous. Yeah, no I did. Um but yeah, that that it it's just one of those where you, you watch and you think that's not safe. That's <laughs> that shouldn't
0: be happening. It's out of control. Yeah. Um, like you say, it's a bit of a brawl. It's not the greatest match in the world but yeah. y- you get you get um a good feeling for the outlaws here from you just get their characters uh, yeah. like I said earlier they just feel like they're a bit off the leash and they're just doing whatever they want and it's brilliant mm-hmm. and I think it. it they kind of go through, we won't talk too much about what's to come but they go through a couple
1: of um, pr- putting the outlaws against sort of older more established people and I think it, it provides a really good contrast because the outlaws are the future and what's coming and they're, they're putting them over on LOD and then they, they have uh, further tag matches against uh, people like um, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it does just give that contrast of, you know, this is the new, young attitude compared to the sort of older, more established performer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the finish comes in this match where um, Road Dog basically has enough and, and hits Animal with a chair yeah. um, Hawk's na- what an, incre- an incredible uh, thing happens where once the match is over Hawk then manages <laughs> to snap the handcuffs and make yeah. it in the ring and, and helps him out but uh, I'd like to think that this wasn't leaving opening open to go anywhere else um, but I genuinely don't know if it does or not um, it, it
1: might I, I can't actually remember I, I know like in terms of the big shows where the outlaws end up going, but there's a, a few weeks between now and then, so there might be another.
0: Cool. Mm. So we get to um something that doesn't really happen anymore. We get the Rumble match first, then we get the title match. Yeah. Um so let's jump into the Rumble, shall we? Yeah. What, what, what do you think of it overall? Um I enjoyed it. I think like you, it wasn't
1: as, you know, star-packed as you maybe think it would be at this time, but I think you know WWE have lost a lot of their stars to WCW and they're in the process of trying to build new mm-hmm. ones and some of them just aren't quite there yet in terms of being top level but um I thought it was interesting for a few elements to it Um just talking about they've done this a few times but you've got tag partners starting the match we just mentioned Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie who, who come in at one and two Um and then they, they they really sell it which I think they did more in the old days than they do now the fact that this is every man for themselves yeah. and while there are a few occasions where people team up you do get a lot where it might have made sense for them to but they don't yeah. um, like you've got the Rock and D'Lo fighting at points when there's multiple other people in the ring um, and I think it Sometimes I I scratch my head a bit and think that doesn't even really make sense. But if they're trying to sell the fact that, you know, everyone wants this title shot, you know, everyone is desperate to win this, then I can kind of try and make sense of it.
0: Um, It's quite striking to see the nation all fighting each other. Like uh, Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, you get, like, they're crazy. But, like, seeing the nation fighting each other was really quite striking. It was really Mm -hmm. weird to see.
1: And then, what, uh, what they do between Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie is they, you know, when, when the third guy comes in, who I have to hold my hands up and say I had never heard of, is Tom Brandy.
0: Oh, not that. Uh, no, it was Tom Brady. The, the, um, the, the quarterback for the. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom Brandy. <laughs> This yep. guy was massive as well This giant Italian uh-huh. guy And, and now he goes straight back out again I looked him up and he'd he'd, he'd been
1: in uh, ECW As a character called Johnny Gunn um, And I also recognised I assume this was from a previous WWE run um, The name Salvatore Sincere mm-hmm. um, Okay. But yeah, I think <laughs> Of all the guys that actually appeared in it He was kind of the one that was like Who? Aye, same. But yeah, um, yeah, they get rid of him, but we've talked, when we we talked our favourite rumbles, we talked about the fact that there's normally a monster who eliminates uh, a lot of performers on his own. This rumble didn't really have one, are those? No, no, it didn't. And then there's also usually a bit of an Iron Man, and this did have one, and it was The Rock. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've got to think they're already looking at him and thinking, this guy's going to be a top guy. Definitely. We need to you know, start planting the seeds that he can compete right at the at the top of the card. Um, which is, is good to see. And it, it, it kind of made sense to, to use this platform to give him a really good run.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I like the fact that it was Rock and Austin um, the last two Yeah, Um, but but by this point because I was thinking oh this is really foreshadowing stuff but at this point they'd already had an intercontinental title feud hadn't they yeah and it
1: was I think it was a little bit um, was this just when they were trying to get the belt off Austin without hurting him Mm -hmm. uh, because they were moving him on to the world title picture Um, and The Rock just does the the up-and-comer but he had this new persona and they were putting the, the intercontinental belt on him and um, i don't know how many actual you know competitive matches they had in the ring i know there'd been some verbals and some you know segments and things like that mm-hmm. um but it was i think i mean definitely if you just fast forward a little bit over a year and they're going to be in the uh, wrestlemania main event yeah. so it's uh, It just shows how,
0: how sort of quickly Rock did then climb the card. Oh, absolutely, aye. Um So, like st- you say, we start off with Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, one and two. The, these guys, this doesn't age well. They are smashing each other in the head with chairs. Yeah, it's quite
1: difficult to watch, actually, when that's <laughs> happening now. Just sort of knowing about head injuries and things. that, And they're really going
0: for it as <sighs> well. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's his name hey, Funk comes out with a is that a real chainsaw can it be?
1: I, I don't know <laughs> I kind of hope not but because he, uh, he's, he, he he's he hitting in quite a few matches didn't he but aye. surely there's no
0: actual it... nobody's trusting him with a real chainsaw surely <laughs> I really hope not because th- does he not throw it at one point? Aye yeah. I Foley starts throwing chairs in the ring and he starts trying to hit them like a baseball <laughs> you know yeah. what are you doing? Um <laughs> Tom Brandy, number three, comes in and goes pretty much straight back out and leaves the two yeah. of them to to start uh, going back and forward to each other. Um, Foley picks up, uh, I'm going to get confused, Foley picks up um, Chainsaw Charlie funk um, and puts him through two chairs, suplex him through two chairs. Yeah. And, and obviously we've got the, the whole thing of of Foley coming in three times in the Three Faces of Foley, which is genius.
1: Yeah, I I really liked that, and I'd never, I, I there'd never maybe been a character you could have looked at doing that before with, uh, but it was clever. And then I started thinking, well, by the time he comes out again, I'm I'm probably thinking to myself, he's going to come out a third time. So when does the second one get
0: eliminated? Because mm. it must be quite soon. No.
1: That was the only thing about it, but I did I did like it.
0: The The thing that struck me was Funk was in there for ages
1: Yeah, now uh, I think I looked this up before 25 minutes Wow for, And he's, you know uh, he, He's not, even at this stage He's, he's not a young guy
0: No he, he does a moonsault at one point as well <laughs> <If> <laughs> Funk goes for a ridiculous moonsault on mosh But misses what? Yeah, I mean he's I just looked up, he's mid fifties at this point. At that point, bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. What a beast. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, we got the rock in at number four and the rock the rock must go an hour, does he? The Do rock you know? goes fifty one minutes. Does he? Yeah. Um he's he's a superstar of this this yeah. rumble you would say. Absolutely. Um we get headbanger Mosh, Phineas Godwin, who J.R. says is living proof of when first cousins marry.
1: <laughs> I wrote that one down as well,
0: <laughs> which is quite
1: witty. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they they kind of I always felt like they were a bit out of place as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just in that it it had that, and I know they were associated with him for a while. It had that sort of hillbilly Jim feel yep. to to those characters. Uh, But I I don't think they lasted all that long beyond this, to be honest.
0: Was Phineas, was he Midian? Uh, Let me just. Who's um, the other one? uh, Look, Henry O was the other one. He's Uh,
1: incredibly aggressive. Yeah, so Phineas was Midian.
0: Right. Yeah. The other one, uh, he does something on the Raw the night after, and I'm like, bloody hell, calm down. (laughs) He's, uh, He's quite scary. Yeah, there's like
1: there's like a run of sort of tag wrestlers and faction guys because you've got eight ball comes out after that. That's right. And there's a there's a little while here where there's no real eliminations taking place and the ring's starting to fill up, and um, they they seem to be. I've got number eight as being Bradshaw. Yeah. Um, and I think at this point he's Blackjack Bradshaw. Yes. And And uh, they seem to be making a a thing of him as you know he's. I think JR's putting him over as this, you know, big tough guy. He's all fight, and uh, you know he's he's kind of underlining that he thinks he's gonna be a big deal uh, in WWE. So I'm assuming he's pretty new to to the uh, WWE
0: at this point. Right. We we get an odd thing here after Bradshaw comes in. So we, the the next person in his own heart. Can yep. can you are you able to explain why Cornet and and Jeff Jarrett attack Owen Hart?
1: No. It, it it seemed it, it didn't seem to be following any kind of story that I was aware of because um, you would have thought if you're trying to be logical about it that if you've got an invading company or you know whatever they're supposed to be at this point that the fact that you've got Owen Hart who is basically almost in you know a very public dispute with the company <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really make sense to be that he's the guy you go after that's a and, good point it uh, was weird strange. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they
0: they pay it off um, mm, possibly yeah it, it it seemed really random um, so that's not the last time that we see Owen so Owen gets beat up but I assume he, he gets taken back stage after getting beat up but we see him yeah. later again. Yeah. Um Steve Blackman looking the exact same as what he's always looked like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um D Lo and then we get our big man Kurgan who yeah. is just wandering around the ring, no selling everything. Yeah. And
1: um, I think he de eliminate a couple of people. Yep. He eliminates Mosh, he eliminates Steve Blackman, um and then they, they sort of start talking about, I think uh, JR actually references Andre the Giant in saying that when you've got a guy this size, you basically have to team up mm-hmm. and get him out, um, which is kind of what they end up doing. But yeah, he's um, <laughs> he's a
0: big guy. <laughs> uh, uh, well, aye. he's got that for going for him and he's got the black tape on the nails as well, which is good. Yeah. Um, so we get Mark Mero Mark Mero coming out with Sable and he spends a good portion of this rumble telling Sable where to stand. Yeah. Um and after him Shamrock comes in and goes straight for Kurgan. And like you said, everybody is just like, Oh, that's a great idea, let's all <laughs> let's all get him out, so they all they all of band together and, and throw Kurgan at the ring. Yeah. Um right at this point where it's super busy, the rock decides to, to drop a people's elbow on <laughs> on uh, Terry Funk, which I know, I don't know if you noticed, the rock and funk are going, at, uh, the rock and funk are going at it quite a lot.
1: Okay, I didn't really pick up on that, but I did like the, you know, just taking the time in this scenario to to put a people's elbow out there. I don't know, would it have even had a name at this point. Nah,
0: I don't think so. Jr. refers to it as like that elbow drop or dropping the elbow or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um we get Headbanger Thrash and then we get the second face of Foley we get Mankind coming in at number 16 yeah so I've written here he goes straight for funk and eliminates him but I don't know if that means funk eliminates Mankind or if Mankind eliminates funk do you know? Mankind eliminates funk does he? yeah disappointing yeah
1: Um, and then because he doesn't just look up the third one. Uh, he lasts a bit longer as Dude Love, but he doesn't last very long in, uh, in it as Mankind. He's only a couple of minutes.
0: That's right, because dust comes out and, and puts Mankind out almost straight away. Yeah. That is right. So then we get Jeff Jarrett and Owen Heart appears yeah. again. And this is sad. This is sad that this is where my mind goes to, but um, JR refers to Owen Hart as the sole survivor. Mm hmm. And I don't know if you've ever seen that photo, but there's a photo of the um, the Old Hart Foundation and it's got Owen, Nightheart, Brett, Pillman and Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Brett Hart's the only one that's still alive. Yeah. I don't know, if Some something about him saying the sole survivor triggered that in my head. It's mm. quite sad, really. It is sad, yeah. Um, then we get fucking Honky Tonk Man. Oh yeah,
1: and King Pops for it. Um, cause are they real life cousins? Uh, I, th- I think so. Aye, aye.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, <laughs> it's it sort of reminded me of uh, the thing where um, King wouldn't really claim Grandmaster Sexy as his son when they're when they're actually uh, when he's on screen, but he would pop for him all the same. Um, and Jr keeps referring to Onky Tonk Man as, his, as uh, King's cousin but King just won't acknowledge it and I think at one point he says oh he's your cousin, is he or
0: something? <laughs> <laughs> two it's really, really weird, weird things <laughs> yeah. I think there's reference to Graham, eh, eh, Brian Christopher at some point throughout this as well and he's yeah, he starts doing <laughs> that whole like JR's but JR's literally saying he's your son and he's like ah, don't start that. What do you mean don't start that? <laughs> so, so weird. <laughs> really weird. Um round about this time Triple H and China come down to ringside uh, to to kind of um distract Own Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them smashes smashes him. With the crutch, I think it's maybe. Oh, it's Triple H hits him. Yeah. With the crutch, and there, you get an absolute comedy moment where Owen chases them backstage. But who's coming out? Is it Ahmed Johnson's coming out? Yeah. Um, and Owen's chasing them back, and you just see him go head first through the curtain. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's <laughs> He's, he's trying to do this, you know, serious. I'm chasing you, and then he just takes a tumble.
0: What a shame. It's brilliant. And Michaels makes reference to it on uh-huh. uh, on Raw the night after as well. Says something yeah. about it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I've got written down here. Here comes the the botch the botchometer. Ahmed Johnson always oh, oh, concerned yeah. when he's going to be getting in the ring. He's
1: he's not he's not good. I mean, I, I can <laughs> see. You know, he's he's huge and I can see why the likes of Vince had a, an interest in trying to make him a thing, but I don't think the guy ever had a good match and I, he never, I, I was never interested in him as a yeah. character, um, he just didn't have anything.
0: Nah, no. he, he had a lot of knee pads.
1: Yeah, he did. <laughs> You did. Do Uh-oh. you uh, uh, this might annoy you, but I'm going to say it anyway because I just <laughs> noticed it. Honky Tonk Man is in this match for 20 minutes.
0: Jesus Christ, is he really?
1: Yeah, because I was looking at who eliminated him, and I've got Vader, and I thought, how can that be? And then, <laughs> yep.
0: Jeez, well, that certainly typifies the the real lack of top tier talent that they <laughs> they had. Uh, at this point, uh, I take a Honky Tonk Man's like a surprise entry, similar yeah. to. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we got Ami Johnson. Then we got another member of the um, the nation, Mark Henry's in now. Uh, then number twenty two, nobody comes out. Yeah. What is th- what was that? Well, I can tell you what
1: Wikipedia says. Okay. Which says that it is Skull from uh, DoA. Ah, because what? Well, because he got beat up by Los Barikos. I'm assuming so, but the. They sell it as being the Austin entry, don't mm-hmm, they? Aye. Yeah, which I think, thinking back to, to years previous, this, I think they have done before with Bret Hart when he'd um, lost a match, supposed to be in the Rumble match, and he'd had a bit of a beatdown or something like that. And you think when somebody doesn't come out that that must have been his, and that's how the commentators sell it, but then he comes out later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's um, the, the storyline is that must be Austin because king from his reliable sources has heard that he's uh, he's not there
0: fair enough um, we got our fourth um, our fourth nation of domination member number 23 Kama Mustafa yep. um, and then basically the moment that we've been building up to throughout Raw throughout this whole pay-per-view <laughs> the glass shatters number 24 and uh, basically, everybody in the ring stops, turns around, and is waiting on Austin. Yep. Um, but he slips in from behind. I think he walks over the commentary table, yeah. classic Austin fashion, uh, immediately starts stunnering and throwing people out. He throws out Marmero and Eight Ball yep. um, straight away. So, yeah, yeah he's well, finally here.
1: I sort of said earlier it didn't have a, you know, a dominant multiple eliminations performer. Austin does eliminate seven people, which is a lot for a rumble. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's all the TV and then basically all the show, even while everything else is going on, this is the story. It's, you know, Austin winning the rumble is the story. And, you know, logic tells you that maybe just far too clearly signposts who's going to win it. And mm-hmm. it... It probably looking at the lineup should have been incredibly obvious anyway. Who's going to win it? Because who else that's in there? It, are they going to put in the WrestleMania title match? Vader. Well, do you know looking at it, <laughs> if it's not Austin, it probably is Vader, um, mm. because the the Rock matches this match, and you know he's building. He's not there yet. They wouldn't have done that yet. Um, and I think with Shamrock, he's kind of too invested in a storyline with The Rock. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it it almost should take the excitement out of it because you, you basically know before anything happens who's going to win. But it kind of doesn't feel like it matters to the people in the crowd. And I don't think when I was watching at the time, it mattered to me either.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think that, like this whole Austin's a Barked Man thing, I think it, it was really obvious that he was going to win the Rumble despite, mm-hmm. you know, even if he didn't, even if he knew that, I think they, they were playing it, that it was obvious, but like you say, I, I also felt it didn't matter um, it was the storyline um, so yeah I, I mean, you're talking about a lack of top level talent but what about, what about, what a draw for chains of DOA at number 29 <laughs> It's uh, I mean it's
1: almost as good as you can get um,
0: yeah I, I got, uh, <laughs> proper got excited when Vader came out at 30, I am a grown man who knows that Austin wins this and I was like that, ah, yes, he could win it <laughs> what, what are you oh, doing yeah. Um, uh, yeah and then and then another line later I've got it in my notes what a pathetic effort from Vader <laughs> eliminated by gold dust <laughs> yeah it does seem
1: um, it seems like an odd story for Vader to be trapped in one with Goldust, because mm. that's that's what it kind of feels like. The fact that you know Vader got the win in the match, but Goldust, sorry, Art formerly known as Goldust, <laughs> eliminated Vader from the Rumble. That's almost like a one all, you know, levels
0: Aye. it up. But yeah, it, mm. let's keep this going. Yeah, I think I think Goldust hits him with a coconut at one point. Uh, that, is that maybe on Raw that he hit him with a coconut? Anyway, yeah, that's yeah. That's, a, that's a weird thing <laughs> to say. Um, so we get down to our final four. Uh, we've had Dude Love coming at twenty-eight. We've had Farouk coming at twenty-seven. Yeah. Um, at one point, Los Boricas all coming. Yeah. Um, I guess that's Savio Vega's number. His his draw was twenty-six. Yeah. Um, but we get down to our final four, and uh, for me, like the final four is always like it's that kind of way of like the four of them sizing up each other. There's mm-hmm. always quite a good moment in the Rumble. Yeah, Austin Rock, Dude Love, and Farouk. Yeah, I feel like Farouk's the kind of odd one out here. You you don't really see Farouk going on to WrestleMania. Um, No, I I think
1: um, they've they've kind of played a little bit again on that Nation story because they've had Farouk eliminate Mark Henry, who is the Nation member that he didn't bring in to the Nation. So the the sort of issue between Farouk and the Rock. It's just, you know, you're just reminded of it in that in a moment like that. And then for those two to be in the final four, I think you're already thinking uh, they, they, they're not necessarily going to align despite the fact they should. You yeah. know, logically they should. yeah um, And it was, uh, I think I, I would have been the same at the time. I would have been thinking, well, Farouk's not going to win. That's that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so he probably was the the odd man out in that sense But still from a storyline point of view A good person to have in there
0: Yep, definitely um, We kind of get a little tease of Austin and Dude Love teaming up um, And then Austin hits him a stunner I think pretty much almost straight away yeah. uh, <laughs> and Very quickly we're down to Rock and Austin They have a bit of a back and forth But um, yeah, at this point in time Like you said, I think Rock's been in for 51 minutes Yep. Austin hits some of the stunner, and he's gone. Yeah, Austin wins. They, uh, instead of taking in uh, the celebration, they pan immediately to a "I'd rather be in China" sign in the crowd. <laughs> 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 wow! So that was good. Um, overall, I think it uh, it, do- it did what it needed to do for Austin. Yeah. Um, and like you've highlighted there, it's continued some some storylines as well. Um, yeah. So yeah.
1: Like, yeah, not not an all time classic, but as you say, it it did the job. It did the things it needed to do. I think.
0: Yeah. So then we get to the main event. Um, what did you make of this, Michaels versus Undertaker for the WWF title? Casket I, I match, did, Sorry. Yeah, I didn't love the match. Um,
1: I thought there were some good moments in it, it I've got to assume yeah, obviously in the storyline they know they're going to Michaels Austin and they know they're going to Undertaker Kane um, so they need to kind of make that all come together in this match um, I think having something like a casket kind of limits the match in a way um, it becomes all about that it becomes all about getting somebody in and, and Put in the lid shot. there were a couple of moments that I thought were quite a little bit different like there's I think a point where they're both in the casket and the lid shuts mm-hmm. um, and I've not really seen that happen in, in other casket yeah. matches
0: it's funny you mention that um, I was watching this with my with my son and he said to me what happens if they both go in at the same time and, and it shuts would it be a draw and I was like eh I, I, I don't know <laughs> I, and, and then it happened and he was like look it's not a draw I was like oh okay pal (laughs) and uh,
1: there's also a moment where um, Michaels is is kinda he he does a elbow drop off the turnbuckle onto uh, Undertaker in the casket and a point where Michaels is kinda doing a little bit of a DX celebration Mm -hmm. and Undertaker just grabs him um, from beneath and uh, (laughs) kinda puts puts that celebrating to a stop um, but yeah, I, I don't... I don't know, there was... I think I, I really liked The Undertaker as a kid because he was different, you know. He had that aura about him and that dark character and all that. You knew but him I'm, as a kid? <laughs> but, I, but I never... Um, I, I didn't really love many of his matches. I, I, I know he, he had some great matches later in his career and things like that, but I think... um. I don't know, uh, if you think of Undertaker and Shawn Michaels working together, you sort of think of those great matches they had late in their career um, at WrestleMania's. And this is more about the story than about the actual in-ring work and so much of it's around the casket. But I do, I uh, was mentioned, mentioning to you earlier, because I, I couldn't remember exactly uh, whether this was the point, but when Michaels goes over the top rope and just sort of clips the yep. casket on his back on the way down and I thought, it was maybe in Shawn Michaels' books, I've read one of his books where he, he talks about the fact he actually, he, when he left the ring and all that, he felt okay and he thought he was fine and then he went to bed and then he couldn't get out of bed the next day and the the raw after that he's there, you know, and I'm just trying to think of how difficult that must have all been, but you sort of think, well, what, what, what if that had never happened? What mm-hmm. if he'd cleared the casket? What? because he probably, I know he was not in a good place as a, you know, as a person at this time. He was uh, self medicating quite a lot, even without the the injuries, mm-hmm. um, and he was basically a, a complete asshole, um, and he seemed to have to go away, you know, after all this for, for quite a while and that probably helped him in the long run, really. Um but yeah, it's um it's a dangerous game when you're you're going over the top rope and there's a casket sitting there. Yeah, it
0: looks quite innocuous but um mm-hmm. I think knowing what we know, I kinda cringed at it but um aye, it's horrible, isn't it? Especially knowing I think Listened to a podcast where they spoke specifically what it did, talking about crushing um, certain areas of his back. It just sounds absolutely horrendous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a little bit different for you. I really enjoyed this match. I I feel like I feel like that. I think Undertaker works so much better with a smaller guy. I love that dynamic of um, you know, like Michaels. Michaels, I think. Sometimes people think of Shawn Michaels as being a kinda of high flyer. Um mm. but I don't, I don't really think of him in that in that terms. I think this showed how good he is in the ring this one this match. I, I, it kinda of reminded me how good he was um pre pre WrestleMania fourteen, before it, you know, like before he came back in his second stint. Yeah. Um I really enjoyed it. I, I know what you're saying about the cast, kind of that there's kind of limitations on it and they need to work around that sort of thing mm-hmm. um but this was all setting up this this match was essentially there to set up uh bearer and uh, Paul bearer and Kane wasn't it
1: yeah absolutely and yeah so towards the the end of the match when it looks like undertakers taking control to to some extent um I'm trying to remember everyone who gets involved as a as a run in because it's it, am I right in remembering is it DX? Los Barik was and are the outlaws there as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's basically I don't know if it ends up being like a eight on one or something like that Um, and then Kane Kane's the the lights go down Kane's uh, music hits and with all the build up you're you're led to believe from the commentary that Kane is coming out to save his brother to help his brother Um, but in fact once Kane gets there he's uh, he's actually there to get Undertaker in the casket and hand the wind to Shawn Michaels and then um, take some liberties with that casket.
0: Absolutely. Were you confused when he pulled out the axe and started hacking into it?
1: Yeah, because that wasn't what I'd remembered as happening. Yeah, me and I was too. Thinking, yeah, I, I, all that went through my mind is I thought he set it on
0: fire. <laughs> <laughs> Why has he locked him in it and now he's trying to break him out of it?
1: Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I... Uh, I'm always a little bit sceptical when they go to this extent, you know, I go out and beat them down and things like that, that's fine but it's, um, you know when you're trying to, because you know it's scripted, you know it's storyline, you're trying to suspend your disbelief and then it, it goes to areas like like this. Um, I think at the time, when I was didn't know what was going to happen, I think it, when it went that far, it, it ruined
0: it for me a wee bit. Really, um, mm. what what did your what did your son think of it? Eh, I think he just kept asking me. Is he? What <laughs> he was asking what what it was he was pouring on it. Okay. And then he was asking if he was really on fire. But then he kind of does that thing where he's a bit too cool for school, and he's like, "Ah, he's not really on fire. He's not really okay. in there." <laughs> but then you know that he's thinking, "Wait, is he?" And then and then I'm thinking, "Wait, should he be watching this?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I do wonder Like a lot of the time when we watch things because at the time even when I'm watching this I'm, I don't know, 17 I think um, and I feel like it was all geared to my age range and I sort of think some stuff in WWE over the years you, you look at it and you think yeah, that's, it, that's aimed at kids um, and I think this was aimed at quite you know a specific age range Yeah
0: Which is funny because yeah, you really have to suspend belief. Um, this guy is a mortician, yeah. and his brother is, well, what is Kane? Some um. char grilled superhero. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: He's Michael Myers, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I, I think that's. Probably the inspiration um, for it but I'm a, you're, you're sounding awful cynical and I think you need to stop listening to your wife you know just when she says things like Paul
0: Bearer you just need to block that out okay cool <laughs> I'm back in um, so yeah Kane does gives them the victory V's after setting them on fire which always makes me laugh do you think he's really trying to give him the fingers or <laughs> is he doing like the hand thing
1: I don't actually know because when I saw it, I thought it was kind of seem out of character if that's what he was doing. But then I kind of hoped that was what he was
0: doing. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's the end of the show. Yeah. Undertaker's um, on fire. This this kind of reminded. Is it Royal Rumble ninety three when? Um, is uh, that the y- Yokozuna one? Yeah. 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 This part of you wonders if that's going to happen. Yeah,
1: and uh, I think you know. <laughs> If they if they the same again, it maybe would have taken it too far in terms of what the product is, because um, I suppose you know ah, set a guy on fire that's fine, but you know all of the floating up to the sky and all that that's nobody's going to buy that.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you, yeah. So that's the rumble overall. Should we should we um, sort of quickly recap the the night after? Yeah. Um, we're immediately led to believe that, that uh, or not immediately we have, we have Paul Bearer coming out and cutting a, a promo which was really weird I don't know if I've ever seen Paul Bearer cut a promo before but um, you know, like I said to you on text I'm surprised the catchphrase because I'm Paul Bearer and you're not didn't, didn't end up on more t-shirts.
1: Yeah it must be on t-shirts somewhere now I would have
0: thought it probably is (laughs) we we should have Bearer 316 says I just set you on fire as well That the word amazing yeah it doesn't like I said to you it doesn't look a well man but basically he's saying I got you I got the fans I got the Undertaker you all thought Kane was aligning with him and now you're dead (laughs) essentially Um, DX are hunting for the Undertaker Mm-hmm. Which immediately makes you think, well, we just seen him get set on fire. Yeah. Why are they looking for him?
1: Yeah, that that felt a little bit out of place because also y- you would think they've immediately moved on. Because now Michaels knows who he's facing at WrestleMania. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the, the sort of feud with Undertaker... Undertaker has to transition to Kane from there, so yeah. that, it it felt a little bit strange that to me.
0: They they also they come across a, a hearse, which when I think they get China to go and open the back door, which is filled with women, yeah. and they, they they climb in the back, and China gives the classic eye roll like, oh those guys with it's- their. Juvenile always
1: so I think they they mention it a couple of times. Are they at like some? Are they in some college town or something like oh, that? Oh, they do.
0: I yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That was weird as well. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I don't know what age those guys are. They are. They're they're maybe not that old, but
0: still. Triple H comes across so goofy uh, this character especially knowing that he's in I think he's probably in a relationship with China
1: Uh
0: and he's doing all this kind of innuendo stuff and then obviously we know what it goes on to, it's quite funny to watch him at this point yeah DX also arrange a barbecue for The Undertaker and they they do this big elaborate thing with Michael's coming out the sky, but it's all black so you can't actually see it. Mm-hmm. Um dressed up as The Undertaker and all that and he strips off and that's aye. It's quite odd actually. Like you say, you'd think they'd moved on and you would just saw Michaels and Austin, you mm-hmm. maybe got a face off or something like that. Yeah, um yeah. but they're obviously saving Austin for Tyson, which is kinda like the marquee part of this episode of Raw. Yeah. Um Vince we, we see Vince on the microphone in the ring and he talks about he's about to make the, the talk about Hyperbowl. We're gonna talk about what what does he say? The biggest announcement in WWF history. Yeah. Which is that this guy that just bit somebody's ear off is gonna stand <laughs> at the side of the ring during a WrestleMania match.
1: Yeah, I, I think I mean <laughs> he's I know he's a huge star and he's you know, he's kind of a global name. Um, but I kept thinking at the time, and it's maybe just because I—I I mean, I was never a huge boxing fan or anything like that. But I sort of thought, is it—is that a bit over the top? They, but they—but they have to sell it, I suppose, and no doubt they were paying him a huge amount of money to to be involved hmm. in all this.
0: I quite like you get the uh, you get all these various little segments throughout this raw where uh, there's guys just round Tyson. Uh, various factions and and backstage guys and all that are trying to um, try to get a, a word in with Tyson and speak to him. That's quite funny. Yeah. Um, and at one point, DX are surrounded him, and all Tyson seems to be interested in is uh, checking out China's muscles, which is odd. <laughs> <laughs> but then I suppose if Michaels and Triple H are wandering about with these sausages that they've got and acting juvenile, then fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the big thing is this announcement with Tyson Austin comes out, interrupts it, and uh, declares that, and I quote, "I want a piece of Mike Tyson's ass." Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, there's never um, totally sure on the word. Kind freezing. Of We're we'll not doing um,
0: freezing in nineteen ninety-eight. It's
1: it's maybe one of those where to to an American audience that might sound totally you know. Normal, the way it should sound, um, and we maybe just just read too much into it. Maybe. But
0: I know what you mean. Um, so we never actually get Vince's announcement that we know what he's going to make, obviously. But we never get the announcement because Austin interrupts it and starts berating Tyson. Keeps, he keeps just saying to Vince, "Shut shut your mouth." It just Vince is obviously telling them stuff, and he just keeps telling the shut, up, which is great. Yeah, it was. I, I said to you. Um, earlier today
1: before we were uh, recording this that I was I think it was maybe only sort of late 97 that I got back into wrestling after just a a little while and not watching much of it and um, the people so many of the people I knew were on WCW by then but I was watching WWE and I When I think of or when I thought of the absolute top stars, it was still in my mind that it was people like Hogan and Savage and, you know, Warrior and that sort of type of character and as well as, you know, Bret Hart and folk like that. And when I first started seeing Austin, and it was clear they were making a big deal of him, I just, I found him a little bit underwhelming. But then it was, it was moments like this, you know, the... The confrontation with Tyson and the exchanges with Vince and things like that—I'm watching it, and just thinking this is amazing.
0: As yeah. it's, it's iconic that shove from Tyson on on Austin—it's yeah, a good shove, and it is. they they
1: really sell it as they want to get at each other, which is great.
0: Ah, yeah, they do. I—I um, I don't think we're laughing about Tyson, but I don't really give him enough credit for what he does here. I think everything that he does is brilliant. Yeah, um, he's quite restrained. Uh, he's obviously, you know, I was uh, laughing at Bruce Pritchard saying he's a lifelong WWF fan. <laughs> and I just, I, I didn't imagine that to be true, especially when he shouted that Bruno Sammartino was his favourite wrestler. <laughs> 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 it's probably not what they were looking for. <laughs> Vince is just a bit like, alright, oh, <laughs> he's probably in a dispute with the company at this point. Yeah, I think he would <laughs> um, they, they sort of tie in some uh, video clips
1: of uh, DX speaking to Tyson as well. And um, obviously, when you then add in the element of the exchange between Tyson and Austin, but you still don't know yet what Tyson's role mm-hmm. is going to be mm-hmm. moving forward so like it, I, so much of this you're, you're thinking weekly episodes and things like that I would have been desperate to watch the next episode off the back of what happened here Cause yeah. I, I just I just want to know I want to know what's going on I want to know what happens next and things like that which that's just good TV you
0: know that's, totally totally yeah yeah so that's it we go off air after that Um and that is our that's our January 1998 in WWF. Awesome. An enjoyable little tour. Yeah, it it, it was great going back and actually, because I think we both did the same,
1: Raw before Royal Rumble, Raw after, and we've watched so many pay-per-views in isolation when we've been doing top fives and things like that that you you don't really have a feel for what's going on in the story, which I think is what made the idea of doing a year, you know, uh, it's just so different and so appealing because yeah. you can really look at what the storylines are.
0: Do you have? Do you still have the Wikipedia up there? Do you, what's our next pay per view? I don't want to know any details mm. about it. Just uh, is that backlash? So, no, it won't be a backlash.
1: The, the next pay per view, next WWE pay per view, is No Way Out of Texas, which is an in your house, uh, which is in February. Excellent. And that's kind of the in-between one before Wrestlemania. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, look forward to that. Um, Before we get to there, we'll have... uh, We will be heading to the Hara Arena in Trotwood, Ohio. For 24th of January 1998, we'll be heading to WCW and NWO present Sold Out. Awesome. Um, which I am really looking forward to watch. Maybe I should adjust my expectations, but I am really <laughs> looking forward to
1: it. I Yeah, I didn't actually look at what the show was or would be from the WCW side, so now I know I can uh, start planning what I'm going to watch when, which is quite exciting. I, I used to... I'm not sure about exactly at this time. It was maybe a little bit later, but I was one of these people that would... Um, try to watch a bit of both shows Mm -hmm. on a Friday night Um, and there was like, I think they were maybe one hour apart when they were on for at least part of the time anyway so you could watch like a full hour of one and then you had to flick in between and then you had the last hour of the other Um, but it was it just sort of I don't think
0: I watched anywhere near as much of Nitro as I did of Raw so I think this will be good fun Same, look forward to it yeah. Um, so yeah good start for for WWF we'll see what WCW has got to to offer us next episode awesome um, until then give us a shout on, on Twitter and Instagram at Outlaws Pod um, and yeah we'll see you for episode 13 lucky number 13 um, where we're going to Atlanta and WCW until then stay safe Adam and uh, speak to you for episode 13 Cool. Thank you. Cheers now.